Hello, welcome to First Person, a podcast brought to you by Coleman FBC. I'm Chuck, and during the next few minutes, I'll join you, the listener, as we meet and get to know others in the First Baptist family. Together, we'll learn about them, their families, and what brought them to Coleman. First, I want to thank the production team of Karen Harmon and Vance Donahue for their help in making this podcast available. Well, I'm joined today by our senior pastor, Tom Richter, and he has come in. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Normally on these podcasts, the first person podcasts, I will do the interview. Different folks come in. If you've heard them, you're familiar with that. So today we thought we'd do something just a little bit different. So I asked Tom to come in and to be a guest host. So I know you hear radio stations do that sometimes. So Tom is going to be the guest host. And I will be the person that he interviews. You're the like guest. I'm, I'm the guest. You're the host. So it's a uh, so it's going to be a fun thing. So we always we always have a good time and enjoy these kind of things. So we thought it'd be fun to get, give you an opportunity to kind of see kind of behind the scenes of of what I do. I try to kind of keep it under wraps as much as I can. But anyway, so welcome, Tom. Good to have you back again. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Chuck, I think it's only fair. You've been doing this first person podcast now for uh, many episodes. You're doing a great job, by the way. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving listening to him. And so it's only fair that now you become the victim. Victim? Is that what it is? I mean, <laughs> you become the guest on your podcast. And so let me officially say welcome to First Person, a podcast brought to you by Coleman First Baptist Church. I'm not Chuck Johnston. I'm Tom Richter, your guest host. I, I'm right. thrilled to be here. I just want you to know that. Are you? Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, right. Yeah. I just want to thank the little people who there you go. put me where I am. All right. <laughs> Now, you normally begin the interviews by having a person describe themselves, so give us all your, you know, the standard bio stuff. Who are you? And tell us uh, 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 you're from and a little bit about your family. Okay. Well, of course, Chuck Johnston. <laughs> there you go. And uh, I actually grew up in Hansville, Alabama, just down the road here. Then, then was away from here for several years, serving in churches, and then came back to this area in 2002 to serve at Northbrook, just up the road, there for 11 years, and left there, was there for four years to First Baptist in Albertville, and then came back to First Baptist in Coleman. So here I am. Um, Along the way, uh, I met a beautiful lady named Susan. I met her in in the thriving metropolis of Wilsonville, Alabama. Wilsonville, Alabama. Went there as the minister of music and youth. 23 year old and met this lady. And, um, so she and I met, we married there and, uh, we have three children, uh, two of our kids and their wives and families live in this area. And, uh, in fact, two of them go to church here at first Baptist, my oldest son, Aaron, and my daughter, Elizabeth and their spouses. And then we have, and I, I knew I would get an opportunity to work this in. We have grandchildren. Yes. You know, I wondered that didn't take way, you long. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I was quick. Yeah. <laughs> I have a phone if you need some pictures. Yes. yes it's, it's a dreaded thing for a grandparent, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Right. I mean, it's like you, if you, ha- you used to, you would have to have a wallet that would be like three feet thick or something sure. for the amount of pictures. But anyway, but no, we have, we have grandchildren, and uh, my wife is an executive director of Family Connection in Shelby County, a, a children's service that she's been doing for many years. And uh, I'm just, I always tell you when we when we have our journey updates, just doing the deal. Just doing the deal. Enjoying yeah. you know, what God's doing at First Bath. How many total grandkids do you have? Just four. Uh, just four. That sounds like, all right, so if, if your kids are listening, you heard the just four well, there. I'm sorry, all just right. four, but yeah. <laughs> our youngest son and his wife don't have any yet. So. Now, 
Tell uh, you mentioned uh, your wife's nonprofit. Just briefly, wh- right. what do they do? Who do they serve, and how do they? Help? They they are located. Their their main office is in uh, Alabaster, Alabama, and they they service children that are youth that are in distress. Actually, they if a if a child is having trouble in their home, but they haven't gone all the way into the criminal justice system, but they're displaying problems. They uh, they have a, a residential facility there, and then. Uh, in downtown Birmingham, they have a runaway and homeless youth shelter uh, that they operate. So they do that. They do Project Safe Place. They do a lot of different things, but it's all geared around teenagers helping helping teenagers. And so she's she began. She's been the executive director for many years, and she began as a counselor and then different things. But yeah, that's kind of been her life's work. So yeah, she's been doing that for a long time. Incredible. One of my favorite parts of these first-person uh, podcasts are when you ask people to give their testimony. Mm-hmm. It never gets old to me hearing how God saved people. How did your uh, uh, how did tell us your testimony? Well, I was like many people. I was saved as a third grader, uh, accepted Christ, and know that I, I knew that I knew that I knew, know <laughs> sure. that I know. How yeah. you said that yesterday? Sure, I knew that. Uh, but like most, as I was growing up in church. I didn't have a, necessarily a direction as to what I wanted to go and do. But I had a lady, in fact, she just recently passed away, who was our, a teacher at the high school there in Hansville. But she was also the minister of music at First Baptist in Hansville. Hmm. And uh, so as a, as a high school student, she invited me to come there and to play with music, you know, play guitar for the youth choir. And we actually sang in the adult choir. Oh, okay. uh, that. And so... And she was one of those ladies that just invested in students and loved them. And uh, she, you know, bunches of students, she did this, but she always made me feel special. And so I stayed there at First Baptist. And then when they would have a student day or something like that, I would be involved in the leadership of that. Through, I guess, that investment in that, I began to sense that God was leading me into some sort of ministry. And of course, logically, I had always been a music person and loved music. and so. There, serving in that church, helping them, uh, getting the opportunities I had, I, I was, you know, God just impressed on me that that's what I needed to do. And uh, I've, you know, I'm like a lot of people, I may have veered occasionally, uh, but that's pretty much been my life's work is being involved in music and ministry and those kind of things. Yeah. Well, one of the things I always appreciate and, and love very much about you, Chuck, and respect about you is that, you know, you just said it, music and ministry. You know, some folks, they got the ministry part, but they don't have the musical gifts. Others, it's all about the music, and it's about the ministry. You seem to enjoy both of those things. Is that a fair? I really do. I, I'm, a, I'm a people lover. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like folks, and I enjoy uh, getting to know people. And I, I was serving. I had served for many years, and as a, as a young um, worship leader, music minister, I became convicted, really, that, that my idol— had become music, and so it. Even though I, it was my work, I, it could it can easily become your idol. Music and musicians and people, man, you, we love what we do, and they enjoy those kind of things. And so, but when I, I really, God just really convicted me strongly that that it needed to just be more of a tool for ministry, and I needed to use that tool that God had allowed me to use all these years, um, to pour into people to love them, not just teach them music stuff, but get to know them. Uh, invest in them and and minister to them, and then you know as you grow th- as you go through life, you situations occur where you have opportunities to minister to people, and in doing so, eventually, eventually, I wound up at Wilsonville Baptist Church, 
um, as, a, as an associate pastor. And that was like 1998, I was ordained into the ministry. And that was, you know, that's just God just working with you. And then went back to seminary and those kind of things. So um, I just kind of morphed into more, you know, both things. Uh, it's not that I don't like music. You know, I love what I do and I love being able to serve that way. Um, but I, I actually more enjoy being in the ministry yeah. and ministering to people. So it's just I, a blessing. Yeah, and I think people that know you, that, that that's evident. You can, you can tell when somebody cares deeply about the task at hand, because there are some tasks you have to accomplish, right? you sure. got to get your choir rehearsed. you got to do these things. Yeah. But uh, I think people can, can sniff that out pretty quick. Like, here's somebody who actually cares about me and, and what God's doing so. in my life. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, all right. Well, one of the great things, you know, our offices here at church happen to be right next to each other. And so we have a lot of fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much productivity happens on those days, but uh, we've gotten a develop a quite a good uh, friendship. And so I've gotten to know some things about you. And I thought, in addition to your usual questions, since I'm the guest host, sure, yeah, you know, yeah. um, I know some things about you that I thought uh, our listeners might appreciate that they may not know about you. And so we'll just kind of rapid fire go through some of these things. One is you were in a band and we have a connection. I have an old friend, Larry Holcomb, who's been serving in New York City for many years, who was in this band with you. But you were part of a band, traveling band, yeah. doing the, the, the band life. What, tell us about that. Well, there were some guys that I was in high school with. Um, a, after I left our area and went and served in churches and that kind of stuff, they, they kind of formed this little Southern gospel group called Windborn. 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 Tell me that yes. had an E at the end of it. <laughs> it did. Yes. And can you still Spotify Windborn right now? Uh, I don't today? think so. I'm oh, not man. sure. All right. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. check into that. I Go on. Not. I'm sorry. But anyway. But so anyhow, they, they started the thing and, you know, people would come, people would go and, and somehow or the other, I reconnected with them. And in the midst of all that, in the eighties, we had kind of, the music was really changing. And so they sort of became, we sort of moved into a more contemporary style of music and, um, and then started writing some of our own stuff. And, and, uh, I mean, we, we were into it pretty, pretty heavy for a while. We, we bought a bus and. Uh, I bought a bus. I wasn't, you know, crazy. But anyway, I, I had a bus. We had a bus, and we had a person that did our booking, and we did a recording, and went to Nashville, and did all these different things, uh, fun things. Never made a whole lot of money. Spent some money, but uh, it was it was it was really good. And we did a lot of touring. We did a a lot. Of, you know, touring sounds so romantic, glamorous. doesn't it? It sounds yeah, glamorous, yeah. but really, it was like, okay, we've got you booked in Hoboken, you know, and then from there, you're going to go to. Fort Lauderdale or something, you know, it's like a lot of driving at night, stuff like that. But, yeah. but anyway, we did that for a good long while. And then we, everybody kind of decided we better get back to our real jobs, but it, it was, it was fun. And, uh, and I'm still married. Thank yeah. goodness. Cause that, that could have been, if I, if you, if you make a career of that, that could be a little iffy. Uh, but no, and they you know, the guys are still around. One of them is a minister of music here close by David Moore. And, uh, he and I still we still still stay connected, and uh, you know it's it was a it, it's part of your past, part of your growing up, but yeah. really a great thing. And I and you do learn that there's you know these people that are successful in that most have paid a price for it, a, yeah. a dear price, you yeah. know. So, uh, but it is a great thing, Windborn. Yeah, yeah. All right, you mentioned in that band process, you bought a bus. That leads me to my next question, yeah. and I think most people don't know this, Chuck. I, I know a lot of music ministers. I know a lot of worship leaders. I do not know a single one who, in addition to worship music and ministering to people through the music ministry, 
also can drive an 18-wheeler big rig and enjoy trucking. Now, you have got to tell me about Chuck Johnston, music minister slash trucker extraordinaire. But that's a thing. You, uh, Yeah. It's kind of crazy. But when I, I, I mentioned that, that I went to Wilsonville Baptist Church okay. as a 23-year-old. And this is part of your growth process, you know. Sure. Susan and I met. We married. I served there for a couple of years at that time. And for whatever reason, you know, Pete, when you're, when you're that age, 25, 26 years old, you, you kind of feel like that you want to be in control of your destiny. You don't want a, a group of Baptists or whoever to be in <laughs> charge of what you do in life. You're married. You're sure. going to have a child. Okay. And there was a man in our church who actually, he was in the trucking business. And so he and I got to be friends, of course. And then, so he did, he asked me if I wanted to buy one. So I bought one. And from there it went to, I had one, I had three, then I had five. That's a fleet. Yeah, I did that. And so anyway, I sold out of that business eventually in like in 2000. And I, and most of the time that I was doing that, uh, well, first I was in Winborn for a period of time. Then I went back to the same church I had served in as bivocational minister of music. And then um, they asked me to come back again as minister of music and then eventually associate pastor and all that kind of stuff. But throughout that time, I, I owned a truck or tractor trailer or something like that. I, I've always, I'm a little bit of a Hoosier, I guess, but I have always liked farming, equipment, trucks, cars. I'm gearhead, you know, kind of yeah. guy, I guess. And so I always liked it. And you know, I haven't owned them. I've never really actually driven one for somebody else, but I've owned several. Just always kind of enjoyed that. Uh, it's almost like uh, it's not an alter ego, yeah. But it is something that, yeah. And, and I'll tell you, I when I would go do something like that, a it made me appreciate what I was doing, but b yeah. it also there's certain things that you can do, and I understand why people like to do it that you enjoy. You can say, okay, here's a task, do this task, complete this task. This task is finished. Yes. It's like people that do woodworking or something like that. It's something that's a, and that was that way, yeah. you know, and I like the equipment and stuff. And so, you know, I just always, always kind of had one. Uh, it's been many, many years since I really actively drove that much. Occasionally I'd go drive for a friend or something and still have a CDL. So, yeah, you know. So uh, folks, if you're listening and you need a driver <laughs> as well, <laughs> no, but you did. It's true. I, I heard a rumor that you I don't know if you were joking or you were serious, but you told Gordon Moat, who we love Gordon Moat. You've had him in for various things. And uh, 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 if you don't know Gordon Moat, go check him out. Great, great musician. It, but you told him jokingly, hey, if you ever need a tour bus driver, I'll do it. Or maybe you weren't joking, but either joking or not, they called you up and you sure enough drove a, a, a what, a one city tour for Gordon down to Texas back. Is that true? I did. Yeah. I took a few days <laughs> off and. And went and drove, met up with the guy, we met up with him in Nashville and drove to way down in Texas and, you know, drove about three days and slept none. Right. You know, yeah. really. But no, <laughs> it, 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 like you say, they are super nice folks and, and uh, their driver had to be off or something like that. And so they called me and asked me, if, and they've asked me other times, I haven't been able to do it. But yeah. um, at, at that time had really not, I, mean, you, I know you're not into buses, but it was like a big Prevo bus i mean really nice and i said this is pretty cool so yeah. i enjoyed doing it you know and and it, on longer trips like that they have you have to swap out kind of drivers and they had another i see guy that could and so i was able to help them that way yeah 
you know, just a fun thing to do. I know it's not normal. Don't get no, me wrong. No, I love it. I think it's great. And, and you know, I'm not sure. It's probably not just ministers. I think it's anybody in a, in a field of work where you can't always see measurable progress. It's probably not just ministers. But I know this is true for a lot of us in ministry. And folks may not be aware, but, but ministers will love to paint a wall or do woodworking. Or, you know, there's a start, there's a middle, there's a finish. I did that. It's completed. Mow a lawn, whatever. And, uh, and whereas in ministry, you could work for years in somebody's life and not see any difference. Now, you may be making a difference, yeah. but you may not see it. So I, I, I can definitely appreciate it. I, I think that's true. Um, all right. So a couple other things I know about you that, that <laughs> maybe folks know about you. It doesn't take too long to get to be around you to know that you are a uh, real true fan of the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> that comes up a lot. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like to really get to know you, and I haven't done this yet, I owe you this, uh, to be a good friend to you, I need to go back and watch Andy Griffith's shows because my knowledge is not near yours. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I find you quoting Andy Griffith a lot, and I don't always get the reference. What are your summer, some of your favorite, give me some favorite Andy Griffith quotes and why you find yourself saying them all the time. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> of course, everyone loves, you know, the episodes where, Barney lines everyone up and, you know, and then, or he said to, you know, he says, if we see trouble starting to develop, we're going to nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. I hear that one a lot. Yeah. There is one episode that I just love. And a lot of times people don't, they don't really get it, but it was called Man in a Hurry. Okay. And in this particular episode, a gentleman, Malcolm Tucker, breaks down on a Sunday in Mayberry. And of course, you know, having grown up, boy, you were in Murray, it was a big town, but but Hansful, I mean, growing up, Sunday, you might as well just forget it. Nothing was going to get done, and that was his problem. And it's just whole. It's as if as slow as the show moves on a normal basis, which is pretty slow. Uh, it's they actually slow down. They slow down, and he's trying to get his car fixed. And of course, Wally doesn't work on that day, and uh, so it's all the stuff he goes through. And of course, it winds up Gomer decides that he'll they'll haul the car in, and his cousin Goober will fix it. But all meanwhile, Malcolm Tucker he can't use the phone because the Mendelbright sisters are talking to their relatives in Mount Pilot. Just everything that can go, and they keep showing repeated scenes of him sitting on the porch, Andy trying to peel an apple, you know, without breaking this whatever it is, you know, trying to do that. And uh, <clears throat> so there's a couple of lines in there. One is they decide that you know Malcolm Tucker's car is going to need spark plugs, so Gomer comes running up on the porch and he says. My cousin Goober, you know how they talk, but my cousin Goober says, you need to spark plugs, and Malcolm Tucker's, he's pacing back and forth, and he says, fine, fine, smoking a cigar, fine, 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 fine. And of course, and then Gomer says, and we quote this, Susan and I do this, he says, she's an eight-cylinder, yes, yes, she'll take eight of them, you know, just painfully obvious, you know, and so, and occasionally when something is just, you know, painfully obvious, I might say something like that, She'll take, and there's another spot in there that's so good because it's just moving so slow. And Barney says, "Well, I think I'll. You know what I think I'll do? I'll go downtown, get a bottle of pop, go over to Thelma Lou's, watch a little TV." He says that. Malcolm Tucker keeps walking back and forth, and he says, "About yep, I think that's what I'll do." And so anyway, eventually he gets tired of listening to it, and he'll just say, "He just says, just do it." Just do it. Go to Thelma Lou's. Go get a soda pop. Go do it. Just do it for the love of Mike. Just do it, you know. So uh, eventually, you know, he comes around, of course, like you. And he 
realizes that even though they get the car fixed, he doesn't want to leave. He wants to spend the night there in Mayberry, the fine little place. So, you know, but it's just there's some little things like that, you know. We and so me and there, there's several folks that enjoy it, you know, over the years, and they yeah. and it's it's on all the time somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and yeah, I know them. All right, yeah. and I know them, so I have them all pretty much memorized, yeah. you know, stuff. Anyway, that's the Andy Griffith thing. Well, I, one of my favorites is apparently you told me about some episode. I don't know that I've ever seen it, but apparently, uh, who's it? Gomer is going out on a date, and Andy uh, set him up on a blind date, and 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 he he keeps wanting to know: is she pretty? Is she smart? Is she all these things? And Andy, at some point, and again, I've the fact that I know the episode this well and have never seen it, but right. based on your, but apparently the, the the great line in that one is when Andy tells Gomer, well. You, you want to say the line? You say it. Well, well no, he keeps asking. He, yeah, the, yeah. he keeps asking. Yeah. You know, well, well is she, sure. you know, what does she look like? Yeah, is she yeah. pretty? And they say, she's nice. Yeah. She's real nice. And they keep, they, and every time he asks, they ask something about her, they, they was nice. She's nice. She's really nice. You know, so that's the whole point that, you know, and they had to set Gomer up so that sure. the ladies would go with them to the dance. You I know, see. so they ha- he needed a date. And so that's, they, that's who it was. But, so yeah, the line was, so don't. Oh no! Just, uh, just don't overexpect. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I forget to know where you're talking about. But yeah, so Gomer comes in and he had bought him a new belt and some new shoes and and some new socks, some yellow socks with acorns on them. Okay. And well, she asked Andy. He said, "You don't think they're so porous? My hairs will stick through the socks." <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so he's all excited about going on the date, and so Andy and Barney endeavor to try to you know, lower the expectations. And that's where that comes in where he says, you know, just now, now Gomer, just don't overexpect. Just, <laughs> just don't overexpect. And you say she's she's nah, she's not but don't over just yeah. don't overexpect. So people don't know that you and I have a little inside joke. Uh many times I'll ask about what's coming up in worship or what program or there's yeah. some big event and you'll say, now now Tom, just yeah. j- just don't overexpect. <laughs> Set the bar too high. That's right. That's right. You'll never be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing on Sunday mornings is uh, no matter what, you always smile and say, just so you know, everything's fine. There's absolutely nothing to panic about, which of course is really comforting to the pastor. Yeah, it it might be okay (laughs) if you really believed it, right? Right. Well, see what happened. What what I realized was you would walk up and, you know, it, it off times and this is no surprise. It can be chaos on a Sunday morning. Sure. And you would walk up and you'd you'd politely ask, well, how's, you know, and then I would tell you really how it was. And then I began to realize, I said, you know, that's not really fair. He's fixing to have to go <laughs> into the pulpit and preach. And, you know, and he, he you know, I only have, have people coming at you all the time. But, sure. And so I would say, you know, well, this is about to break and that's not going to work. And, bam, 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 you know, and, and if we make it to, you know, don't overexpect. expect. <laughs> And uh, but then I realized that so that's not really fair to you. So when I started telling you everything was all right, then then I think you got leery. It's like, right, wait a right, minute. Right. The more he tells me everything is all right, I'm not believing it. I love it. One of the fun traditions around the office that you started is that uh, on folks' birthday, because uh, you know it's awkward. We we want our folks to feel honored. I'm talking about the staff, right? Yeah. The paid staff that's around here in the office. We want to feel honored. Want, they work so hard. We love them. Yeah. And and uh, you know, many of them would prefer to be in the background and not, you know, be the center of attention on that. So we sure. try to bring some donuts and, and stuff and have a little coffee and celebrate. But um, but you began writing birthday songs in their honor. And, and they're usually uh, 
you know, like uh, uh, riffs on um, right. you know parody songs, right? So you take a popular song, yeah. So is there any? Is there a favorite you recall? Is there a because there there have been some doozies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, some are better than others, yeah, obviously. Sure. sure. Some kind of fail and yeah. die for lack of a second, yeah. so to speak. But yeah. yeah, a couple of one of them. One I thought was one of my better ones was. Uh, we have a maintenance man here at the church, Billy Robertson. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal, yeah. and he can, you know, I mean, he can take some pliers and bottom wire, and oh, yeah. who knows? Yeah, like jet plane. MacGyver. Who, yeah. yeah, yeah, MacGyver. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, so we used to have this cooling tower on the on the top of the building, and it was constantly giving trouble. Always broken. Yeah, always broken. Anyway, so and but he was the only one who could fix it, <laughs> and finally it just got to the point where it couldn't be fixed anymore. So it had to be had to take a crane, move it, all that. So. Along comes Billy's birthday, and I think one of my that was one of my favorites because his song was to the tune of "He Stopped Loving Her Today." It was called "He Stopped Fixing It Today." <laughs> you know, they hauled it away, yeah. and and, uh, and soon they'll carry it away, and all that. Yeah, you don't sing too many lyrics. We'll yeah. owe royalties in the oh, podcast. You're right. Yeah, sorry. yeah. <laughs> sorry. And then the, my recent favorite was you were doing a series on something I can't remember. I shouldn't know that. Oh yeah, First Peter: Aliens yeah. and strangers. We're not. Exactly. We're not citizens yeah. of this yeah. world. Yeah. 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 And so one of the songs for you was, uh, what was it called? We are not of this world, and it's to the tune of, I see skies yeah. are blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you keep, it was like the first line I thought was like, I search scriptures for truth to teach what to do. I preach sermons till my face turns blue. Then I say to myself, We are not of this world. Nice. You know? so anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was one of my, <laughs> what I think was one of my better ones. They're not all. They're not all home runs. Sure, that. sure, uh, sure. We have a benevolence la- a lady that does benevolence. Oh yeah, boy, yeah. And we, yeah, I did Julie, one yeah. for her that was like, uh, I can help you with that to the tune of, oh, I yeah, can yeah, love yeah, you yeah, like yeah, that. I remember that. So like, I can help, help you with, with that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> well, yeah, we've had some pretty good fun out of that. We've had a few that we kind of embarrassed a little too much. <laughs> it's all in good fun. We can't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll come to the end of the time. You know, appreciate your uh, yeah. your friendship and, and uh, letting me guest host today. I think it's important for people to get to know you. You've done a great job with these podcasts and look forward to the future. But on a serious note, is you know, do you have a favorite hymn? Uh, I'm going to ask you about favorite hymn, and then I'll ask you about favorite scripture. And uh, what about favorite hymn? You know, you lead people in all sorts of musical expressions of worship, and that's one thing I appreciate about you is that you have. Whether you have your favorite, it may not be your cup of tea, so to mm-hmm. speak, but you realize for some people, man, this lights their fire and this really draws them near to the presence of God. So, okay, so we're going to do this kind of music and then you can turn right around and do another style. And But but for you, there's got to be a favorite hymn that you cherish or... Yeah, I, I guess my all-time favorite hymn would be Great As I Faithful. Yeah. It's so familiar to everyone. And not only that is... It's reflective from the standpoint of it's a beautiful hymn, and we talk about what God is, what God does for us, how he works in our life. But then I, I, I love the line in it where it says, hope for today and brought hope for tomorrow. Mm, strength because, for today. And strength for yeah, tomorrow. Got, yeah, got, strength got, for got. today, hope for tomorrow, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that because it puts it, you know, a lot of times people think of hymns as back there, time-wise and stuff. And that's sad, but that says, no, wait. And that's, I think that's a lot of our Christian experience. It's like, yes, it is looking back on what he's done for us, but it's that, that hope for tomorrow and yeah. who he is and what he'll do. So yeah. that's, that's my favorite hymn. And then, you know, I have sentimental favorites, but yeah, as far as just overall, if I had to look at it, 
musically, tune, all the whole things. I, I think that might be my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of people that share that one. I'm yeah. sure. That's good. Yeah. And what about a scripture? Is there a favorite or personally, personally very meaningful scripture right. to you or to your family? There is another hymn that I, I mean, a song I really like. Yeah, it's, it's scripturally a little unsound. It's yeah. like, Lord, build me just a cabin in the corner of glory. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to Spotify that one, Chuck. I, I could get you. you, you I, I could probably one? sing "Great Is Thy Faithfulness," but I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm too familiar with "Lord, Build Me Just a Cabin yeah, in a Corner, corner of, of Glory Land." Glory. Yes, yes. Well, it's a strong title. Uh, no, it's an it, ambitious it, 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 title. Yeah, just across the river. I understand. I don't side. ask for much, Lord. Just give me a little cabin in Glory Land. Yes, I can. No, no streets of gold. I just want to get there. Just if I can get my toe in. No, that's that's right up there with. If your hair's too long, there's sin in your heart. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We I'm need sorry. a whole other podcast yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. We do, we Chuck do. and Tom yeah. riffing on uh, Christian music. That would be. Well, make sure we, we figure how to how to get that produced. Yeah. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right. And I'm what, sorry, you were serious. Right? I, <laughs> I was trying I, to I, end yeah. on this really spiritual note. Sorry, I, and, you know, we're, people don't know, we're recording this on a Monday morning, which for is ministers true. is you just borderline slap happy anyway, because you're coming off the excitement of Sunday. And a little you're kinda, punchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, but what about a favorite scripture and well, a meaningful actually, scripture and why? I, I need to, I try to refrain from saying actually too much. <laughs> As if it's yeah, a qualifier. Right, right. Actually ruins any compliment. It like does. now, brother Chuck, that music was actually pretty good today. All like, the rest of it was terrible. <laughs> actually, that was pretty good. You know, Tom, I actually understood that sermon. Oh, thank thank you, I guess. Hard as this is to believe, I actually have a favorite <laughs> sermon. That's right. I mean favorite scripture. Good grief. I don't have any favorite sermons. No, all sermons. the sermons are great. <laughs> yeah, right, they're sure. They're sure. all fabulous. <laughs> actually. Yeah, they're all just marks. I for me, Romans twelve one. Okay. Uh, you know, because it, as a worship leader, yeah, you know that's kind of one of the focal verses that we use a lot. And I don't know, I just I've always enjoyed. I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then it goes on to talk about not yeah. being conformed to this world. But that particular scripture, I just think I like. Well, of course, obviously you like all of it, but I like the the part where it says by the mercies of God, and it, it's really a reasonable sacrifice. So it's like, mm -hmm. this is really what you should do, hmm. you know? And, hmm. of course, obviously, Scripture is full of things you should do. Hmm. But it's like, not based on a set of rules. It's based on who God is and what God does for you. It's a reasonable sacrifice. You should do this. And that is a worshiper, a worship leader. It's like, we really don't have an option but to worship Him. It's it's yeah. It's got to be. So that, I would say Romans 12. Well, I have... Thoroughly enjoyed uh, being a guest host today, and uh, I can't wait to uh, to hear how God continues to use the First Person Podcast. I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know some of our folks and getting to know a little bit more about them and getting a little a little bit more about you today. And so uh, I don't know if we have some show notes or something where we can put uh, how to access you for a, a CDL trucker rig run <laughs> <laughs> or a... Uh, or if we need to contact the good folks at the Andy Griffith Show to get you maybe a, on, a, on a guest episode there. but It occurs to me that if you're going to be on one of these things, you need to have something to sell, don't you? <laughs> it does. Yeah, that's I right, mean, that's you know, right, if, you're, yeah. if you're going to be a guest on one of yeah, these shows. Yeah, where can we pick up Chuck Johnston merch? Yeah, merch, right, yeah. Right, I right. should have a book. or out, a, a book coming out. There you go. Or you something go, like that. Go. No, I really don't. I'm just kind of. <laughs> Hanging around. Just doing the deal, man. Just doing man. the deal, man. Yeah, so it's good. All right. Well, thank you for hosting. You bet. Uh, maybe if this preaching thing doesn't work out for you, maybe there's a, 
There might be a future in radio. Who knows? It won't be trucking. It for won't me. be trucking. I, I understand. Yeah, I have a face for radio. You 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 can still <laughs> you can still be out there. I've got all those corny jokes, right? I've been working on it. But no, man, it's been fun. Thank you for thank you for setting aside some time. I know you got a lot to do. We all do, but uh, just to spend a few minutes having a conversation is good. So thanks a lot, and we'll see you the next time on First Person Podcast. Thank you for listening to First Person. I want to encourage you to share this podcast with friends and family.